0: My name is Mallory, and I have the privilege of proclaiming good news to you this morning in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Mother of us all. Today we celebrate the baptism of Christ. Listen, I know I'm the resident blue girl, but I'm going to need some blue. Thank you. Christ's baptism gives us insight into the power and advocacy of the Holy Spirit. Trinitarian work, a continuation of this thread of God with us in a beautiful picture of God's posture towards God's people. The baptism of Jesus is revolution, revelation, redemption. Church, today we proclaim the good news that in the midst of political upheavals, twisted truths and abuses of every nature, Jesus brings us the light of his salvation, illuminating the path before us. Creator becomes creation to show us the way of love and truth and justice. Let the baptismal waters wash over you today. Friends, Jesus' baptism is a revolution. Likely, our gospel story today finds John the Baptist in the Jordan performing mikvah rituals, or at least a version of one. Mikvah is this bath used for the purpose of ritual immersion to achieve ritual purity in Judaism. There's still a very common practice today. John the Baptist has likely aligned himself with the social group called the Essenes. The Essenes are likely doing this ritual uh, practice to stay alert, to stay pure and prepared for the coming Messianic age. The Messianic age in Judaic belief is the time when God will make right every injustice. There will be a bringing about of universal peace and kinship, and all evil will be no more. Sound familiar? The Essenes typically lived under a different social order that opposed the empire, Rome. They're living on the outskirts of towns, probably by the Jordan, because it's a freshwater pool. We need fresh water to perform in the clothes. The kingdom of God is at hand, and the Essenes live out that urgency. So John makes a lot more sense, doesn't he? He's not some rando just eating locusts and honey and wearing weird clothes. He's proclaiming the coming messianic age. The kingdom of God is at hand in line with the particular people group's interpretation of Torah and sacred text. He proclaims the need for repentance and the forgiveness of sins in preparation for, and as a result of, the kingdom of God. John the Baptist is calling for revolution. He's declaring the promises of God to be true and believing that he will see them. He's declaring that God's justice, mercy, and love, the redemption of all things is on the way, and the Jewish people desperately need it. Let us now enter our gospel story. Christ goes out to meet John the Baptist in the Jordan. The act of Jesus going out to participate in the ritual we now call his baptism is the revolution John proclaims. Christ is revealing God's continued posture towards their people to never leave or abandon in the face of hardship. To bring about the renewal of all things. As God's people face the oppression of Rome, Jesus begins to reveal here that the kingdom of God, the messianic age, does not come to fruition by bloody battles and strategic power moves, but by going into the Jordan to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is not opting out of the political conversation when he goes to the outskirts of town. He is actively engaging in the political reality of his people. Christ gives us a new imagination for kingdom dynamics, and they do not mirror the politics that the Israelites knew or the politics that we know today. As Christ descends into the waters, so will he descend into the grave. As Christ ascends from the current, so will Christ resurrect. Empire antics are not the way of the kingdom of God. Jesus will soon overcome the powers of evil and death for good. God's judgment and mercy is God's love on behalf of their people. The action foreshadows the cross. The laying down of his life reveals that violence and evil may be wielded, but it will never win. This is a revolution of love against evil. Dear dear ones, as the world around us begs for mercy and justice on behalf of the marginalized, we learn here that we do not overcome the violence and evil of this world through empire antics or opting out, but through the waters of our sacred baptism. It's where we join the mission of God, active and at work in the world, not built on scapegoating, squandering but on repentance and love we call injustice to account through the way of love church today we proclaim the good news that in the midst of political upheavals jesus shows us the way of love friends today jesus's baptism is a revelation Mark's gospel is making a case for the revelation of Jesus as the Christ, and he's doing it by pulling on previous themes from Torah. In particular, Mark draws us to the significance of water. Water is a powerful symbol throughout Holy Scripture for both destruction and redemption. In this instance, Mark is orchestrating the connection of Jesus' baptism in the Jordan to the works God has done in this particular body of water. The Israelites, after being under the oppressive rule of Pharaoh, were brought out to the Promised Land by passing first through the Red Sea, wandering through the wilderness, and then through the Jordan. This water signifies a move from wandering... Into settlement, Just as God took the Israelites into the promised land, so too will Jesus bring all his people into the eternal promised land. Our gospel story reveals too the revelation of Jesus through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus rises from the water, our text reads, He saw, reads, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove upon him. Likely, this dove is a callback from the flood narrative. This tearing open of the skies is this foreshadowing of the veil that will tear at Christ's death. But y'all, that's another sermon. The text here for descended on could be better translated to descended into him. The spirit descending like a dove into him. This is the revelation of the empowering work of the Holy Spirit. This is the power of our baptism. The same Spirit that comes into and anoints Jesus for the mission of God is the same Holy Spirit you and I have received at our baptism. The Holy Spirit descended into you. I'll admit, though, it doesn't always feel like that. I had someone this week tell me about where, they're, where they were with their faith and empowerment through trials. And they said, I feel like I'm in the fire, like those guys, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. And Jesus is there. I see him. I'm getting a little singed. <laughs> Beloved. Do you feel singed this morning? Do the twisted lies of this world weigh heavy on you today? Does the chaos of life seek to extinguish your faith? Take heart. The very breath and spirit of God that descended into Christ lives in you, empowering you, forming you, redeeming you, as a beloved people of God. When you grow tired and weary, remember you are not the only one upholding your baptismal covenant. Your community also took an oath to hold and keep you, and God's faithfulness ever remains. Beloved, in the midst of twisted truths, Jesus shows us the revelation of kingdom truth. Jesus' baptism is redemption. Typically, when we think of redemption, we think of Christ's death and resurrection. Christ's overcoming of death and the grave that puts violence and evil in its place for all time. However, we see through the recount of Christ's work in the world that every act, every peril... Parable: His very incarnation is an act of redemption, and his baptism is no different. I was listening to a commentary this week, and I was drawn in by this particular idea of redemption at play. It noted, Israel crossed through the Red Sea and the Jordan on dry land, Pharaoh's army did not. I'm going to say it one more time. Israel crossed through the Red Sea and the Jordan The Pharaoh's army did not. Some have speculated that Jesus entered the water not only to bring liberation and freedom to Israel, but to rescue the Pharaohs and oppressors alike. In the waters of his baptism, Christ recapitulates God's faithfulness to Israel. God's bringing the Israelites into the promised land. In the waters of Christ's baptism, we see a symbolic move of Christ going to the depths of the sea to proclaim repentance and salvation to the pharaohs and armies who have been corrupted by the powers of evil. Freedom for the victim and victimizer, oppressed and oppressor. And stick with me. New creation, new life, new revelation for all. Not through the looking past or over these wrongdoings, but going straight to them. Calling for their repentance and turning away from injustice. Calling the oppressor into the truth of God's kingdom. Christ names and upholds these powers accountable, calling them to this baptismal repentance, calling them to redemption. Beloved ones, those that oppress you, that incite violence against your neighbor, that scapegoat and tear down through the abuses of every kind, they will be called to repentance will be held accountable to their actions, and will be shown the way to love and truth and mercy. The lion and the lamb shall lay down and rest together. This is the redemption and renewal of all things. In the midst of abuses of every nature, Jesus illuminates the way of justice. And this is the epiphany. That creator becomes creation to show us the way of love and truth and justice, the revolution of love, the revelation of truth, the redemption and justice for all. To the victimized, he puts on flesh, lives among them, and doesn't just say, believe, one day I'll make this right. No, he says, here I am, feeling every injustice, every broken heart, every anxious moment, The confusion, the fear, the pain, creator becomes creation to say, I understand what it's like to be desperate for liberation. To the victimizer, Christ enters into the world that is engulfed with violence and evil. He says, here I enter in, here I bear witness to this madness, and I call you out into the ways of my kingdom. No longer will you wield your heavy hand, but I will show you that the very evil you purport has cost you your life. Jesus offers, repent, turn away from these wicked ways, and be filled with the breath of life. Dear friends, where do you feel victimized? Where have you victimized the other Where is the pain, the confusion, the unknowns? Where do you need the revelation of baptismal truth that God's love and mercy bring you renewal and freedom? The breath of God has and continues to breathe life into your weary souls. Receive the inward grace of regeneration and new birth today. Be reminded of your heavenly adoption into the family of God, knowing that you, too, are beloved. Church, let the redemption of the baptismal waters wash over you today. And as always, we'll respond to this good news by coming to the table to receive God's promise of Jesus' presence with us the Holy Spirit active and at work in each of us, in our communities and throughout the world, I also invite you to participate in a liturgy of baptismal remembrance. Instead of our typical prayer of response, we're going to remember our own sacred covenants that we have made with God. We will renounce our complicity with evil, And we will be reminded of the breath of life living and at work in each and every one of our bodies. Today we celebrate that Christ has come showing us the way to salvation. As the priest splashes you with holy water, let every drop that hits your body melt into your skin and sink to the depths of your soul. Let it be a reminder that you are being formed into the ways of love and truth and justice. You are an image bearer of the divine and you are beloved. For my beloved friends listening via the live stream who won't feel the drops of this holy water, may you feel the spirit of God wash over your body. Reminding you that where you go, Christ goes. What you feel, Christ feels. You are never alone. You are empowered with the very presence of the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Mother of us all. Amen.